one of you is the monster. Monster? We're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are... A very Very British British horror. horror. Paul, you have to tell me what I'm supposed to be talking about tonight. Elementary, my dear Denton. We are talking about... The Hammer version of Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, excellent. From 1959. (laughs) Yes. Um, This uh, is an interesting film. It's not really a horror film, is it, Paul, though? What are we doing talking about it? Well, firstly, it's made by Hammer. Absolutely, yeah. That's a good good piece of evidence. And it's directed by Terence Fisher. It has two of the Hammer stars, has Cushing and and Lee in it as well so and to be honest this is the most horror of all of the the Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes um, stories and this and this is done in a particularly they I would say this is this is their attempt to sort of uh, make it a bit more horrific if you like well that, that's right because this, this was basically in the late 50s great sequence of Original Hammer classics. Yep. Um, just looking at where this fits in, it's yeah. actually between Dracula and the Mummy, isn't it? Right at the it start. It is, yeah. And so, yeah, after doing Frankenstein, then Dracula, the obvious thing to do after that is Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. The obvious thing. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's not. It's, it's not um, unobvious, though, is it? Because uh, although Hand of the Baskervilles does not seem like a horror um, book to us. I think there, there are horror, gothic horror elements. It has the trappings of it, doesn't it? I mean, you've got you've got a, a curse, and you've got this 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 creature that's stalking the creepy moors, and the moors themselves are quite quite scary with the bogs and all this kind of stuff. So you've got this whole kind of there is this kind of horror element to it. And plenty of horror films have um, realistic explanations yeah. for the, the horrors that occur. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. I, I mean, obviously, obviously, I think it's, I think it's in scope. I think that's fair enough. Um, you mentioned Terence Fisher, the great d- director who um, had obviously directed um, Dracula and Curse of Frankenstein, and before that. Earlier on, Hammer, Hammer films in the, the sci-fi period, prior to the gothic horrors. Um, so here, though, is he? Do you, do, you, do you think does he make the switch to detective fiction? Do you think? Um, I mean, obviously, this is detective fiction as much as horror, if if not more so. But then, yeah. like you say, you're dealing with people <coughs> who are used to doing horror. Or, um, yeah. Yeah. Who are becoming used to doing horror? I mean, obviously, at the time they were shaping that they were shaping the, um, the the British horrors, gothic horror genre. So, yeah. so they were including uh, Sherlock Holmes in it. Um, although it's a well, I think it's a stretch. Um, to, to, if you go beyond this film, yeah, it's a stretch, and, and, and it doesn't make any sense to talk about it now. So let's talk about it now. This is the only Hammer Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we were just looking uh, beforehand, and apparently there, there was meant to be uh, a series of Sherlock Holmes films with with Peter Cushing, and presumably Andre Morel as well. 
but um, the audiences didn't really take to this. Uh, it was quite soon after the Basil Rathbone yeah. series had finished. Yeah. Okay, but that's not a problem because well, I, was, I guess you've got about what t- ten years or so. Well, late forties. Exactly similar, in fact. So, yeah. Similar, in fact, to the kind of end of the Universal Horror period. Yeah. And the beginning of the the Hammer period. Possibly Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce, they were a bit better. Um, I don't know. They, I'm not going to say better regarded, but I think. Um, well, they'd, they'd had a successful film series, so I think they were most associated with those roles. That, that's right, and the quality hadn't de- declined like <coughs> the Universal Horrors. They hadn't become. Such a terrible, like a, you didn't have Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello <laughs> meet Sherlock Holmes. Which would no. have been... That would have been great. It would have been brilliant. Why wasn't there that? <laughs> that would have been super. I mean, obviously, the, the, the thing that this does, and that the, the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes films, apart from the, the first two, uh, don't do, is that this is obviously very much set in the, the Victorian era. And it's with all the trappings and all that sort of stuff, whereas the Basil Rathbone ones were contemporary. Well, that's, this is taking it back so to where it should have gone. Yeah, so this, this is, is, this is a, yeah. This so, should have been a major advantage. Yeah. So, you know, whereas, yeah, so the, the, the most recent Sherlock series with uh, Benedict Cucumber uh, Patch, um, he, <laughs> he, uh, that's based, that, that takes its lead from, from the Basil Rathbone films. Uh, taken in other bits as well, whereas this was more going back more to the the sort of the actual probably the first Basil Rathbone film, which was The Hand of the Baskervilles, and and also the the the, the novel. And so I think this it's is really, a recipe for success. Well, you'd think so. Yeah, but but yeah, I don't think it was. I think, and I think there was a lot of disappointment that being a Hammer film without, you know, they were probably expecting blood and monsters and that kind of thing. Well, that, that, that's right. Another problem they would have had is that they wouldn't have been able to get Christopher Lee back for the sign of four or no. Valley of... It would have been strange to have Sir Henry back yeah. early in the Valley of Fear, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in, in, in this era, he wasn't quite the, the megastar of horror that... that he was becoming. I think it obviously, no. it obviously turned him into a star, yeah. but Peter Cushing was still the leading man. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why Cushing is playing Holmes here and not Lee, because yeah. you might think, uh, just by looking at them, that, that Christopher <coughs> Lee is actually the more appropriate actor to cast as... Yeah, Sherlock I Hunt. guess visually he's he's got that tall, sort of angular... Yeah, frame that look, Holmes has. He's not quite like the uh, Sydney Paget <coughs> no, draw, drawings, no. but he, um, he he's definitely got that kind of uh, aristocratic bearing that you you associate <coughs> with with him. Although Holmes himself wasn't an aristocrat, but it's just the supreme self confidence, isn't it? Yeah. And um, Peter Cushing, I mean. Well, obviously, I, I, I'm speaking from a position of someone who loves Peter Cushing and thinks he fully deserves yeah. his uh, position as one of the all-time great Holmeses. But I, I think it's a bit of a opportunity missed for, for Christopher Lee because I think 
Christopher Lee would have made a spectacularly good Sherlock Holmes himself. Yeah. And he did have a couple of goes at the role. Yeah. Um, in a Terence Fisher film um, in, in the 60s, but sadly a, a, um, not a very good one. Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace, which I have seen and which has been... Uh, it was filmed in a German studio without proper sound and it was done right. by... Uh, American actors oh, and okay. not so Christopher Lee doesn't do his own voice and um, what? Uh, yeah it's not based on any particular <laughs> uh, well not obviously based on any particular home story and it's it's yeah. not particularly I think <coughs> Terence Fisher came as close to walking off any film as as as, as he ever did on that yeah. one and it was yeah so fortunately that was a bit of a disaster and then um, he was a very good. Holmes in a couple of TV miniseries mini in the early 90s, I think it was. But yeah. that was like, um, obviously, Holmes in his 70s. So he wasn't yeah. really playing, uh, wasn't really playing Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. No, he was playing... Yeah. Um, is that someone with Patrick McNee, isn't it? As, as Watson. Which is just as spectacularly entertaining <laughs> yeah. as it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. Actually, they're actually quite good fun. Yeah, yeah. no, they are. They are, de they are different. But... Um, Unfortunately, neither of those were really, you know, really great um, Sherlock Holmes adventures. Whereas this one is is one of the greats, and uh, he was Christopher played Mycroft famously in the uh, yeah. Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, which yeah. is which is a totally different take. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. It's an interesting film. It's a very interesting kind of uh, a, sort of a comedy kind of yeah. uh, directed by a great comedy director Billy Wilder. But not not all not all a comedy, just no. an attempt to be more uh, like a more realistic portrayal of Sherlock Holmes. And so, kind of yeah, so that's the one where basically isn't that the one where Watson's in love with Sherlock Holmes, sort of? Yeah, and 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 purposely exaggerates his uh, abilities to make him seem better well, in his stories. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's absolutely which correct. arguably they're, 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 you could say there's evidence of that in. Uh, the Conan Doyle stories, and that what as things are all narrated by Watson, that he he's possibly an unreliable narrator. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of people have, have come up with different angles um, on, on on that particular thing. I think the, the the classic 80s British Sherlock Holmes movie without a clue, starring uh, <laughs> Michael Caine. That's, that's actually really fun. It is film. really good. It is really good. <laughs> um, yeah, that that also has uh, that has. Um, Watson is the real genius. Yeah, they have an actor. Yeah, so there's obviously lots of other different different take takes on it. Um, and I think my 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 point is that uh, you know, great as Christopher Lee is as Sir Henry Baskerville, and he is absolutely yeah, great. And this yeah. is um this is the, he, Sir Henry is the leading man. Yeah, yeah, the juvenile leading man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he's really and he's spectacularly good because. Christopher Lee could actually act really quite well, and here he's got the kind of haughty yeah. uh, um, aristocrat, but then there's also the vulnerability, the appreciate. He's quick to apologise when he's yeah. when he realises he's been hot tempered. I think him, it really, really is quite an engaging performance, and I think yeah. um, it's quite it's quite nice to see him. If, if you think of the run of films that he he's played two monsters in a row, it's quite nice to see him be well, a bit more sort of genial and and. and yeah, and when you watch the the, the mummy, it's such a waste gentle. to bandage him up and make him uh, 
so he can't speak. So the, mummy, the mummy was a complete waste of a, an actor. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, I wonder he never did a mummy film or a Frankenstein film again after after this early early phase. He's already showing that he could carry movies just by playing that we were just without the makeup, yeah. without the costumes. Um, and um, Peter Cushing here was relatively young. Well, it's the top of his stardom. Rel- 40s. He's he's relatively young. Yeah. He, he's the right age for, for Holmes. He's not really. Wait. He plays it with a twinkle. To yeah. be honest, there's no way you could watch this and say you really buy that he's got the intellectual rigor that Holmes is supposed to have. Yeah. <laughs> it just hasn't, has he? He, he, he he's, he's um. I don't know. I think he, I thought he sort of nailed it in the first few minutes. To be honest. Oh, what with the. Um, with the cane. Yeah. Now that's a really good sequence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, but it just nails the sort of mannerisms and everything, and and, it, and it's a a very different performance from say like Basil Rathbone. Well, I I find it to be um, the kind of performance like a star would give as Holmes. Yeah. Um, maybe Robert Downey Jr. I'm sorry to say it's not a char- it's not like a great character performance. It, it's a kind of in, in, engaging introduction to a character who's supposed to be, you know, like quite clever, yeah. but basically the lovable action hero. Um, and uh, I've seen this kind of thing. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is I like the Jeremy Brett version of it, where he takes it basically to the level of obsessive compulsive yeah, disorder yeah. and I, I think I think that's more like uh, well I think that's like a more interesting way to play yeah. Sherlock Holmes I don't I don't I think I think it is more of a character part less of a leading man part that that, um, that Cushing plays it as I don't also, I, mean, well, I, th- I think he I think he's great but I, I think it's he's, well, def- again, he's definitely playing it he's definitely playing it uh, as as a as a hero, I mean, there's no. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but then, the, the, then the, I have to I have to say that the, the Hound of the Baskervilles is a an odd story in that it, it's it's one of the Sherlock Holmes Conan Doyle's novels, Sherlock Holmes, which I don't, I'm not a big fan of any of those. I have to say, I don't know that they necessarily work in that. Oh, we could have a talk about that. <laughs> we could do. Uh, um, um, you're, you're right. This one isn't particularly great. I mean, and, it's and, the thing is, and, and the thing is, is I think that for some reason this is the the the, the story that everyone latches onto. But it's because it was tremendously successful at the time. I think it's it, it, yeah. it, it, it's this is because of what happened right back in Victorian times when um, the character Sherlock Holmes was in, introduced in the novel with Study in Scarlet, yeah. which I thought was great, but which wasn't a big success. Um, it was in another novel, Sign of Four. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Again, not particularly and, uh, successful for the time. But then um, this magazine comes out called yeah. The Strand, and there's a, a, a regular series of Sherlock Holmes adventures. The yeah. adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starting with The yeah. Scandal in Bohemia, Tremendous, yep. extraordinary <coughs> success. It's like the uh, Downton Abbey of its yeah, day, yeah, or the yeah. Broad Church, or, yeah. well, or, or whatever. And um, uh, Conan Doyle decides uh, the height of his success to kill off Sherlock Holmes, yep. which is 
a very unpopular decision, but also amazing, amazing yeah, publicity. Yeah. He causes a, a, a national outcry. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't imagine a bigger splash. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then um, with, with, with the audience clamouring for more, the, the demand, the pent-up demand, um, so great because there's this real fear there's never going to be any more. Yeah. Out comes Hounds of Baskervilles, which is uh, set before uh, the mention of the final problem, so he doesn't have to worry about yeah. resurrecting yeah. him. But it's brand new sort of times story, story yeah. and the uh, the third Holmes novel, yeah. and um, and you know the public lapped it up. It was um, tre- a tremendous success, and um, yeah. which um, in many ways inspired the series Houdini and Doyle. Which is obviously the main yeah. part of the legacy of the correct as all the rest of it. No idea what you're talking about. Who didn't enjoy it? So I would see the uncle. It's quite a oh, good okay. show starring Stephen Mangan and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay. Um anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I mean I really I really love Sir Arthur. Yes. Well, I don't know yeah, you yeah, do too, yeah. we really love it. But I think but I don't think how the Baskervilles is the greatest one. No. I think no. it was just that was the biggest impact. Well, it's interesting <laughs> as well because about a third of the book isn't really in it. Well, that, that's, that's as well. Fa- so famously the case and in, in the Hammer version they uh, compress that to about five minutes of him not being around, don't they? Uh, well, it's a little bit longer than that, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, well, it's not a hugely long to, film. To be it, absolutely so. honest, Peter Cushing is in this film a lot more than many other films in which he is the yeah, the yeah. Star. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> especially later on when they when um, like studios like Amicus couldn't actually afford to have him for the yeah. whole recording studios. So um, and now the screaming starts would bring him in uh, yeah, like the fifty third yeah. minute, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. So so he, his absence here is not considerable. No, no. Um, though um, in the BBC version of and the Baskervilles, also starring Peter Cushing. I think it's a bit more considerable because that's slightly yeah. more faithful to the to, to the book. Um, Again, I think the Jeremy Brett one, he's he's away for quite a bit because that's a, a feature-length episode. I think that's an hour and a half. So yeah. Again, he's not in it for for a good deal, which is a good good um, good opportunity for the character of Watson to. Well, to do something, which then brings us nicely onto that was so I think, professional. It's good, wasn't that it? was so professional. Nicely onto Andre Morel, who who plays Watson in this, and is the very first Watson who isn't a, a complete bumbling idiot. Because Nigel Bruce had yeah. uh, rendered him to be basically a dullard. Yeah, just uh, a complete idiot who who has no idea what's going on and bumbles around and. Makes a complete ass of himself, basically. Which is very entertaining, but isn't as written in the book. No. Where, where Watson obviously doesn't have uh, Holmes's detective no. gift, but he's a, a but man he's a, of he's a, a brave a, man a, of action, and, a and great he's a qualified doctor, so he has to have a, some level of intelligence. Well, that's right. So you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, he's a, had a bit of a disservice in the Rathbone films. Well. That's that's right, and uh, Andrew Morell was a, a a great character actor in, himself, and uh, used by Hammer several times. Uh, I think we saw him in Plague of the Zombies. We did, yeah. Uh, where he he, he starred in. He, yeah. Not quite. He's more of a supporting actor. He, um, 
he, he's very good as, as as the lead character, but um, he's not really got the Cushing and Lee kind of star power. That no. never that never um, gravitated. He's never, great as Quatermass. He is fantastic as Quatermass in the TV Quatermass yeah. in the pit. Yeah. It's bizarre, actually, totally bizarre that Hammer never actually <coughs> used him as Quatermass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think that maybe they would have got him for the the film version of that. But. No, it, yeah, they they use Andrew Keir instead, who's yeah. an actor of so, you know some talent, but not not particularly any yeah. better than Andrew Morrell. I think I think they just wanted angry Quatermass in that film, didn't they? And Andrew, Andrew Morrell doesn't do angry; he does kind of reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's great. He's he's fantastic, and uh, I I I enjoy uh, a good Watson performance as much as the next person. I love Martin Freeman as Watson. I particularly love um, Ed, Edward Hardwick. Yeah, uh, and David Burke. David Burke is pretty good. I, it's, it's almost. I mean, oh, that's the Jerry Brett, Sherlock Holmes, obviously, and the two Watsons, and yeah. they're both fantastic in their own ways. Yeah, and. Um, Andre Morel is in that kind of league. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really good. It's kind of the core of the film. Yeah, because what Watson should be the core of any Sherlock Holmes story, really. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, well, he's the everyman, the, isn't he? Exactly. He's, the, he's he, your he's, way into. He's Doctor Who's companion. Yeah, <laughs> he's your way into the the yeah. the crazy world of this detective who yeah. uh, has extraordinary powers of deduction that you could possibly fathom. Um, and it's one of those things, actually, when you read the, the just digressing a bit, when you read the Sherlock Holmes uh, stories, in the first few, well, the, fir- the first sort of group of them, they're, they're very good at, Conan Doyle's very good at explaining how um, Holmes deduces stuff. Mm. But when you read a lot of the later ones, they don't really go into the detail of how he's worked something out. Just It sort of becomes a bit more accepted. Well, that's I think awesome. they stopped going into that that level of detail probably because Conan Doyle can't be bothered <laughs> <laughs> to explain it. It's like, yes, we just know that she, that Holmes does this. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna hand wave it away in a single line and say, oh, well, it's this <laughs> <laughs> for this reason. But I'm not going to go into any more details. <laughs> but, yeah, but it, it is true, isn't it? That yeah. um, after Sherlock Holmes came back. Um, Eventually, the empty house. Yeah. So, so I um, love that story. Yeah. yeah. I really like that one for some reason. I don't know. Just big fan of Colonel Moran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that is very good. Um, but I think um, intermittently Doyle wrote them throughout his life. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, 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 the the later ones, the ones he wrote in the were published in the twenties. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes casebook is that the last one? Or? Uh, or was there one on no, there? his final bow was the last. Oh no, his last bow. Last well, bow, yeah. I, I think that's the last one. That's the last story chronologically. But I don't yeah. think that's the last thing that was published. There's a Lion's Mane, which is set after Holmes has retired, isn't there? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I know that one. I thought the it's lo- like jellyfish. Uh, I, Sherlock Holmes versus the sea monster. Isn't there a later story called the Mazarin Stone, which is certainly considered? Yeah, that's in that. That's in that same. Yeah. Sort of era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're still good, the later ones, but they're not. You know. Yeah. 
they're not really. Anyway, should we get back to the film? Well, we could get back <laughs> sort to the of, film. We're sort of just talking generally. Then this is going to be our only opportunity to talk about it. <laughs> so we should grasp that opportunity. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, we should also talk uh, about some of the other characters and the actors in this yep. film. And I'm going to just leave. He's not the character, but I just love him so much. The bold person. Yeah. As, as, as the, the <laughs> alcoholic bishop from somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, he does. It's, just, it's the sort of role that he does quite often. Well, especially in this period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just. He's lovable, bumbling. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, off his face on Sherry most of the time, <laughs> and um, misplaces tarantulas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was born in in uh, Croydon, of all places. Ah, there we go. Local to us. Yeah. Oh, yes, and um, you know, great comic relief. Um, I just, I just, I just always. I always enjoy his little scene. He's got two scenes in this, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I, always, I always enjoy that. Yeah. Very, very good indeed. And then, and I think the comedy's played quite well, actually. Because quite are. often they, they, they can, those bits can seem a bit jarring, but actually it, it, it works quite well. It, it does. And, and it is sort of jarring because the reason that he, he was brought in, I think, was to have little comedy bits in horror films. Yeah. Yeah, just to, you know, yeah. lighten the mood, relieve the tension for a bit before you yeah. build it up again. Yeah. But, I mean, here, the, the, regardless of the trappings of the gothic horror film, there are no, there are, there's no horror no. in it. He's not relieving the tension. He, he's, he's advancing the plot in a different way because yeah. of the, the thing with the tarantula and he gives some more information about um, what's going on in... Uh, Dartmoor and all that stuff. So, so I, I, and, and it works just as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I really like him. And um, the great uh, John Le Mesure, um yeah. famous for his comedy acting because of Dad's Army, of course. Yeah. But um, here, in his guise as a life, almost lifelong character actor, the yeah. whole cast of Dad's Army were basically character yes, actors yeah, who got. Yeah. But to the end of their career, without anyone noticing them, and then <laughs> and then suddenly became amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, stars in the UK because of this this sitcom. Yeah. Uh, they were the, they were like uh, the acting equivalent of the band Toto, a <laughs> group group of session musicians, or it just kind of did their own thing yeah. for years, brought together in this one band and were a big success. And, 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 and several of the cast of Dad's Army have uh, come in and out of British yeah. horror. None of them, none, none, none of them are famous when it happens. No. Uh, well, um, certainly not in the, the Hammers. We had uh, John, John Laurie's in the... Is John Laurie in Plague of the Zombies? Or he's in one of them, isn't I don't know. Uh, I might have to quickly Google that. But I thought he was. And... and um, um, John the Mesure here. I've just got a, 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 a mental image of a zombie film with Clive Dunn going, go on, they don't like it up them. <laughs> well, um, Cl- Clive Dunn great. wasn't in, to my knowledge, any of the horror <coughs> films. But, no, but, but then he was considerably younger than he, any of the rest he of He wasn't actually cast. old. He was, no. he was like a middle-aged guy playing old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, 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 that was his thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was kind of a comedy thing. Play, you have to play old. Um, 
So, uh, no, as far as I can see, I'm completely wrong. Yeah, about I didn't that. think he was in there. So it must, it must, but it's one of them that's like, maybe it's the reptile or something like that. Um, I'm just going to Google this. I apologise <laughs> to everyone listening, thinking, why the, the reptile, there yeah. we go, mad Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and and um, his next film after that was the next year where he played the Scotsman. <laughs> 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 oh, and he was in Abominable Doctor Five. So yeah. So um, yeah. Was he? I don't remember him in that. <laughs> well, because he was an obscure character. Yeah. Like they all were. In the background it's somewhere. So great. It's so so great to see them. And um, John Lemesre plays Barrymore the butler here. Yeah. And um, although although Barrymore is reasonably important to the plot because his wife is the brother of the escaped comic. Yeah. Um. All he's doing is being a butler, saying, "Yes, yeah. sir. Would you like your sherry now, sir?" <laughs> he 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 does have that that nice uh, sort of graved concern look on his face. That as it, yeah, a lot of the time he's he's got that hmm. slightly unsettled look about him, which which is quite nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan, and I always, I always do. Like do, you, do you find him because? I do find him quite tricky to take seriously after years of watching him in Dad's Army because cause he, although he's a sort of serious character in there, one of the sort of serious characters in there, he has that kind of slightly uh, sarcastic kind of he does, yeah. edge to, to the, to the humour in that, which um, mm. you can't help retrospectively hearing in, in other roles yeah well I, I I think that's right but at the same time he's he, is he, he in Jabberwocky he's, he's from the Mesra I'm sure he's in Jabberwocky I think he is in Jabberwocky yeah yes, I think he he's is. quite good in that from what I remember I think that was one of the last things he did yes yeah um, Jabberwocky's a very and interesting and of course the, 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 the narrator of Bod if <laughs> you remember that yeah 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 of course I do yeah <laughs> Totally surreal. <laughs> yeah. So um, we got him as, uh, and so uh, we got Francis De Wolf. Yeah. Playing Doctor Mortimer. Now yeah. uh, he plays Doctor Mortimer as angry, which I think <laughs> I think I think you've you've got to do because um, Doctor Mortimer is obviously one of the chief suspects. Yeah. But he's also yeah. the guy that sort of engages Holmes and Watson. So yeah. He's got to be basically unpleasant the whole time in order to keep up his um, kind of credibility as a suspect and um, you know Francis de Wolf, I think we another character actor um, you see him in lots of films in, in if you watch 60s uh, not so much 70s actually but 50s and 60s British films yeah. um, but he seems to be in the two faces of Dr. Jekyll playing a policeman so he was, he was in a bomb film you know Carry On Cleo, which is, um, everyone knows is, a Carry On film is the peak of anyone's uh, achievement. Yeah. So, so, so um, uh, well done. Where, um, Carry On Cleo's also got John Pertwee in, I believe, hasn't it? So, uh, Has it? Carry On Cleo, John Pertwee? Well, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that's complete. He's in Carry On Cowboy. Yeah, John Pertwee is Soothsayer, there we go. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. 
yeah, so Francis, Francis DeWolf, I mean, uh, beard, sort of like James Robinson Justice. And and that that's one of the highest compliments I could pay to any man. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I know what you're saying. You're saying, are there any actual female characters in this film? <laughs> yeah, um, a routine question when we go back in time a bit. Uh, yeah, um, the, the 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 main female character is Cecile Stapleton. Yeah, played by Marla Landy. No, I've no, never no heard idea. of her either. Uh, Hammer did go for starlets. Um, I think we talked about that. Yeah, before she was probably yeah. It's just like well, she kind of looks the part, so that will do. Yeah, um, most of her other work was television. Yeah. Uh, she no, but she's absolutely she's absolutely fine. Um, Italian Italian actress. Yeah. Um, so plays the role of uh, Cecile as Spanish actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but that character's not Spanish in the book, is she? Oh. Be quite. Uh, I can't. I didn't actually read the book for this again, but I don't, I don't know. How faithful that is. Um, but yeah, I, she has this sort of very brief romance with uh, um, Sir Henry Baskerville. That's quite. But it's but it's it's intentionally done, as you obviously find out later. Oh, but, oh spoilers! Spoilers! Oh um, yeah, spoilers! Yeah. I'm afraid we're going to tell you who did it in yeah. the hand of the Baskervilles. Yeah, the Stapletons. Yeah, it was the Stapletons. There we go. So, Cecile and her father, father. Who, um, Mr. Stapleton. Yeah. Who, who, yeah, who we haven't mentioned yet. But let's, um, so Cecile is kind of a temp. Cecile is a temptress, isn't she? Yeah. And, and she's she's it turns she's out sort to be like a, the honey trap. And she's she's uh, she lures Henry in as she has um, his his yeah. poor uncle. Um, yeah, she's 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 well up for it, and um, because. Um, she'll inherit the Baskerville fortune if, uh, if yeah. yeah, that's 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 the whole that's, yeah. Because Stapleton's a Baskerville, yes, um, which is a bit of a change from the novel because in the novel um, she is actually the um, wife of is she yeah yeah she's Stapleton's wife um, masquerading as his sister. And she's she's being forced to be involved in the plot rather than yeah. uh, actively pursuing yeah. it, which is interesting that that um, Hammer took the kind of one. Um, or maybe that, that just didn't. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a female character in this. Let's make her more evil. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. But then you know, uh, <laughs> I yeah, mean, they they did that kind of thing, and, and yeah, so she's not an amazing. Well, she she it is quite a good character, but there's nothing really to there's nothing really to counterpoint it. The only other female character is um, Mrs. Barrymore, yeah. Who, let's face it, you don't really remember much about. No. <laughs> she 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 does some crying. Yeah, she, yeah, she cries a lot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah her, her character doesn't really strike it lucky. Yes, that's what the world oh, was. Michael, bad, bad Michael Barrymore jokes. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Barrymores are my kind of people. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, aren't they also the only working class people in the... Uh, uh, well, if you yeah, yeah, they are. Apart from Selden, the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, this is quite reactionary, but, but then, then Hammer Horror was reactionary. But then that, that's that's so often the case in in the Holmes novels that there aren't any working but stories there aren't any working class people, and if they are, they tend to be up to no good a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, um, and. <laughs> Hammer don't challenge. Well, they make they make it worse. <laughs> they make yeah, it worse. Yeah, but then Hammer have a, <laughs> I don't have many working class people in any of the films anyway, unless they're for like Michael Ripper. Relief. Michael Ripper. Yeah, but then they're normally in there either they're like a bit part. Well, we, we did or, um, or they're a comic relief part. We just did um, Curse the Mummy's Tomb, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. The, the the working class people in that were hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, because you know the the, the working class people are hilarious. Let's all laugh at the poor. That's great, great fun. Yeah, I, I'm not totally sure that Ken, <laughs> Ken Loach would do the same kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ken Loach Hammer film. That would be that would be that'd be a new take on it, wouldn't it? it? Would be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that would that would be slightly different. Um, and are, are there any other? Actors, uh, the, only, the only thing is, is Stapleton's played by a, a guy called Ewan Solon. Oh, yeah. Who he, was not a terribly successful actor, but he did have two roles in Doctor Who. Just the obligatory Doctor Who mentioned. Two roles in Doctor so Who. So he played, he was one of the characters in The Savages, William Hartnell's story, and he was also uh, one of the crew members in um, Planet of Evil, the one with the Invisible antimatter monster, if you remember that one in the, in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Set in the studio. It's not very good. It's not one of the best stories. Um, yeah, yeah, and there isn't really anyone else particularly of note, is there? There is one other female character, which which is a bit that I, I wanted leads into a bit that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, who who's uh, a, a, an actress called Judy Moyens, and she plays the servant girl right at the be- very beginning in the prologue sort of bit with Sir Hugo Baskerville. Oh, which we haven't even mentioned. It's, it's no. a bit poor, really. But th- that's that's that's. I think that's that. that I mean, I, I I didn't mind that bit. I mean, it's 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 horrible, and the the Sir Hugo Baskerville is is a horrible, horrible upper class. Yeah. Twat, basically. Yeah, yeah. And and you know he 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 refers. They they're all doing fox hunting stuff, so they're all in fox hunting gear. And he refers to her as a. He says something like that. She runs off, and he goes, "Oh, the bitch has got away," or something. And he, yeah. they all go trying to hunt he, her. He literally does release. He literally the house. does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he ends up murdering her. At the the spot that then becomes the place that's. Yeah, supposedly cursed. Um, yeah, apart from uh, that being a, a sort of prototype Bullingdon club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I half expected to spot um, Boris Johnson in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of pig heads. Couple of pig heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they were sort of got in a room just off. <laughs> I think this is. I think this is. 
Hammer really using this section to 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 go. Yeah, this is this is Sherlock Holmes, but yes, it's still horror because because you know he, it, it all happens in a kind of very ritualistic way, and he, he yeah he, you know they in focus fairness, on the blood on the knife, and it's all very cases and gore. Yeah, yeah, it's all very very uh, horror film, and I think it's sort of. Hammer saying, "Yeah, we we this 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 is we're going to do it our way." So I think it's, it's quite a bold statement. I don't think they then follow it up. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the film. Really. No, no, uh, no. And um, the thing about that is that it's almost identical to the flashback sequence, and then now the screaming starts with um, yeah. Uh, Herbert Lom, remember? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's a and there's a and there's a yeah no, and there's a very similar bit with. Um, in uh, the Plague of Zombies, isn't there? With, with uh, fox hunting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah there is guys yeah. trying to hunt down a, a girl. So it's obviously a bit of a theme. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it is okay as a as a sequence, but it it's not. It's, I don't know. It, it's it's just all right. It, it's trying to sort of set up the 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 the, the mystery and the, the the creepiness of it, make you think perhaps there is gonna is gonna be supernatural after all. And let's deal with the thing that everybody says about this film, um, which is why it's not a horror film. The dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean um Hammer never had any idea how to make the dog scary. They famously um tried to shoot uh long shots with children dressed up as the main characters to try and make the dog look bigger. Right. Um and then that they that they actually shot it, and when they watched it, they thought, "Yeah, no, that's just kids and the dog." <laughs> so they had, to abandon, they had to abandon. They had to abandon that. They they didn't know. They couldn't afford a massive animatronic hound. No, they didn't have um, presumably. They they didn't have Ray Harryhausen's number, which is what they should have yeah. done. So um, they just filmed an actual dog. I think it works all right though. They don't they don't use it very often. It, it's, it's sort of. It, it appears quite abruptly. It's like, oh, there's the hound. Oh, it's sort of um, so started in and attacked a few people, and now it's dead. There we go. Uh, uh, but they put a mask on it, and and some sort of the ma- the skin mask, or something. The mask makes it look exactly like it looks <coughs> without the mask on it. It's really bizarre when they unmask <laughs> the dog, and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> but it looked the same when we took the mask off it, um, and and because uh, the the dog's actually quite quite yeah. skinny which is yeah. I mean for the the plot that makes sense but for actually it being frightening no and I think um, we don't actually see the dog in the flashback because that no. would be the real hound wouldn't it we, we only see this yeah um, this dog which does in the plot is a dog but yeah. we only see this dog um, at the at the end and it's like a big reveal shot like yeah. like uh, like the shot in Dracula of um like um, when uh, Jonathan Harker looks up the s- stairs and then yeah. there and he comes down or whatever. It's like the big reveal shot, here's the monster. Yeah. But in that, in Dracula, uh, the monster turns out to actually be this nice guy. Hello, welcome yeah, to my yeah. home. Yeah. And that, that is brilliant. Uh, yeah. And here, it's like completely opposite. It's like, uh, no, that's just a stupid dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no, there's no effect. I, there's I, no, I, and I, I think... I mean, I think we can attribute the financial critical, well, not 
<laughs> initial critical failure, initial yeah. financial failure of this film to the fact the dog does not work. And I think you don't really get the other thing as well is that the dog doesn't have a massive build up. There's a few bits where they're various characters are out and you hear the the howl of it. But but it's not like the dog really you don't really see the dog attack anybody else, even if it was just in a little kind of fleeting glimpses or anything, do you? It's sort of not really until right at the end and then you see the dog in full. You don't because the dog has or someone's killed Seldon. Yeah. It was I think yeah, and um that is the dog but you don't see that. No. Um yeah, so so it sort of comes out of nowhere, and then there's no real sort of build up to it. And being a Hammer film and having that intro that suggests that this is going to be scarier than your average Hound of the Baskervilles adaptation, it, it sort of doesn't really live up to it. But I still, I still don't mind. I think the mask looks quite quite nice on it. I think it looks quite quite good but it, it's not effectively done and apparently they had real trouble getting the dog to actually attack anybody well <laughs> of course they did <laughs> it was quite friendly they, they just didn't they just didn't think uh-huh. it through I mean the only the only, the only, <coughs> the only option in the late 50s would have been some kind of stop motion and they should have gone for that yeah um, but then that's relatively expensive and time consuming on the on, on, on the sort of turnaround how many yeah, films generally had for those things for the films well, well that's right but you know but yes they, no, should, okay. have, they yeah. should have done it yeah. um, but, okay. that, but then there's the, there's the whole the, the history of horror films especially British horror films of that period are littered with really bad dogs disguised as werewolf type things aren't they and well that, that don't work that's right, and there's all sorts of things that, which are bizarre by today's standards, like um, not actually being able to film at night. Was yeah, yeah. So, so because of union rules, it was actually quite difficult. You would, they, they would film nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when scenes got shot at night, a lot of them, uh, especially on the cheaper end, would just be blatantly during the day. Yeah, some, yeah. some kind of lens or something. Or something yeah. Like, yeah. But it was, wouldn't work, and you could see it was still yeah, the day. Yeah. Right. I mean, if, lots of shadows. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous now. Even even TV wouldn't do that now. No. <laughs> it's, um, well, the, I think it, this is quite interesting because there's quite a, there's a mix of um, location stuff and lots of studio stuff, and I think it's a bit a little bit jarring in a way because the. The the, the 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 location stuff is sort of bleak looking countryside and then the, the the studio stuff has a lot more of that vivid colour to it that, that those early Hammer films have. Well that's the frustration isn't it? So the um and also the production design is still excellent. So like yeah. Baskerville Hall and and, yeah, and it's even the Grimpen Mire, it's all really yeah. that's all really good. It was just yeah. Obviously, the hound was beyond them. There's, there's a there's a, an abandoned uh, tin mine or something. Yeah, there that, yeah. That, I quite even that, like that. That's that's well well done. Yeah. So um, there's a good a bit l- of physical uh, physical sort of stuff from from Cushing in that section, which oh uh, because is quite well yeah, done. I mean he was so good at that, especially yeah. in, in, in this period. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, 
you got that. You, so the production design and, 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 and that, you can't fault. Not, not really. Uh, just such a shame about that hound. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you have anything else you'd like to cover? Um, let me just have a look. Uh, yeah, there was a sort of interesting bit I noticed where um, out on the moors that, that that there's a point where where Watson appears to be wearing the stereotypical outfit that Holmes normally people normally associate Holmes wearing, and then he, Holmes is wearing something completely different. But then later on, he does then have the old deer stalker and cape type. Well, he says up. he says elementary, my dear Watson, as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does. But yeah. rolled out the old cliche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't know that I have much much else to talk about. Right. Well, I I want to I want to finish on 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 this yeah on this point. So I watched this on Netflix because this is um, Hand of the Best Girls is on Netflix and uh, it gave me some recommendations. Now, um, bearing in mind, you know, there's not an amazing amount of British horror films or um, classic American horror films even on on the UK Netflix, which yeah, is what yeah. I have. Um, but the, I mean, the Skull. We watched the Skull. Um, yeah. the, the the man who could um, cheat death is on there as well. I okay. noticed, you know, same period, Hammer again. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you know, so you can you can see that there are, there are there's some other things as well. I think the Woman in Black, Hammer's Woman in Black, has come yeah, back. Yeah. Um, so so you know, I think they could probably have done better than more like this. Doctor Who, just Doctor Who, the new series. Yeah. Outpost Two. Absolutely fabulous. Has a lot in common with uh, the Grand Under the Baskervilles. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's clear the parallels. Um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Escape <laughs> from LA and Forty Towers. Not exactly like Hound of the Baskervilles, is it? Yeah, Netflix. No. <laughs> really, really. I think your computer program is <laughs> probably broken. I think, I think. I think the trouble is Netflix doesn't have. A vast, vast, vast library of absolutely everything. No, but so much, picked, much more appropriate. But then, stuff yes, than this. it could have picked. I mean, it's got the um, Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. It's got the um, BBC Sherlock. That's on yeah. there as well. I mean, come on. I think it could just. I think they just randomly pick. Well, yeah, I mean, things. I mean, it's it's it's, it's billed as more like this, but what it means is essentially six random things yeah. you could watch now. Yeah. But, but. Of those six, Outpost 2 is, I believe, a British horror film. Right. And Outpost 2, therefore, qualifies in scope for the A Very British Horror <laughs> podcast. And way that sadly none of the other five things do. <laughs> Not even Doctor Who, although we mention it every episode. So, <laughs> we thought we'd watch Outpost 2 and, um, and report back as to what it's like. Massive fans of uh, the eight Outpost series of films, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, haven't actually watched any of them. Although, we're not big fans of zombies. Hammer play the zombies um, apart. But, you know, Nazi zombies, it's quite a twist. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I, 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 th- I think Nazi zombies works. So, um, I think we're going to do that. But um, we might have uh, a special twist 
But let's first, before we get to the special twist, <laughs> um, let's do our traditional questions. Okay, right, I'm going to do the, the traditional questions, but I'm going to make them uh, slightly, slightly different. So, first one is, 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 did you enjoy this? Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah. Yeah, no, I really liked it too. Second one is, does it hold up as a Sherlock Holmes film? Oh, difficult. Um, yes, it's, one, it's, it one, of the class, it's the class, it it's one of the classics. Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think it, it, it introduces uh, slightly quirkier elements to Holmes's character, which not, weren't evident before. And I think it sort of it has it contributes to the the more intelligent Watson. If you like, the more intelligent Watson is great. He's the nicer, more likable, not very edgy version of Holmes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he has some of the kind of quirks that 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 the the, the Basil Rathbone one doesn't have. Basil Rathbone plays him much more as a kind of very blokey sort of action hero type thing. In a lot of the, a lot of the films. Um, the second thing is, was it scary? It was absolutely unterrifying. Okay, and do, the next one, I I agree. And the next one is, does it hold up as a horror film? No, no, no. It doesn't work as a horror film at all. I think it. I think it tries really hard to try and pretend it's one. Uh, yeah, Bray Bray Studios looking a bit like a uh, Dracula's Castle. Very much like Dracula <laughs> with all of this, but it no, it, it doesn't really work. No, and I think, I mean, as much as anything, that that is um, a major contributing factor to the essential failure of Hammer's. Yeah, exactly. That's why there isn't a whole series of Hammer Sherlock Holmes films. No, which is a shame because I think that would have been good. It it, it is it is a shame. Um, it's it's a real shame. But then, um, as we discussed earlier, Peter Cushing did come back and do a BBC series, which um, although only some of the episodes survive, is definitely worth watching. And um, they did. It's the same. There's only six surviving episodes, of which two are actually Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, but that's definitely worth watching. And then Cushing himself came back as old Sherlock Holmes for the Masked Death. Um, which, which, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I think I'd go go as far as to say it's all right. Um, I remember watching that ages ago. Was it was it one of the things that was quite tricky to get hold of even back then? It did come out on video, but it's not available on DVD. No, no. I mean, it wasn't easy to get hold of. No, it was. It was um, made for the early days of Channel Four. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's. I think that's the hand of the Baskervilles. Yep, I think so. Okay, so um, what's this twist then? I'm really excited, and I even know what the twist is, but I'm still excited to tell people. <laughs> okay, so um, in, in, to, to do it a little bit differently, what we're going to do next next week. Uh, not next week, but the next episode is we're going to podcast live whilst watching the film. Yes, we are. It's, it's like um, it's like a sort. It's going to be like a bit like a a, a film commentary, but there will be a bit of kind of probably 
bit of general talking and everything. It could be a complete disaster. It might not work at all. This, but this could be a terrible disaster because it, we'll have to either talk through the whole film so yeah. we'll have less and less idea what's going we'll, on we'll be, or we'll, we'll be very yeah. silent. <laughs> we'll, we'll be those kind of people that we probably really hate, which is people that talk through a film you're trying to watch. But So we might end up really hating ourselves at the end. But the great thing about this will be that you could actually, you know, watch the film whilst you, you could talk. Do. And then, and then that might fill the silences a bit. I think that might be the way to go, actually. Uh, other, yeah. yeah. No, this is going to... What an experiment. We're innovators. <laughs> well, we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, it, we may do it as a... Uh, it's, it depends on how it comes out. We may do it as like a commentary, in which case we'll, we'll do a little bit at the beginning where we say, right, start the film now. Yeah, that that could be... And, really and, and, and then do it that way. But if it, it looks out like there's it, too many silences where we're just not saying anything... <laughs> it might just get edited down to a normal podcast or possibly this will never appear and the next film we talk about will be a di- completely different <laughs> film <laughs> and we'll just never mention that idea again anyway I'm excited to see how it turns out yeah um, but you know that. oh uh, social me- you know uh, computers well, how, yeah, uh, those stuff. things. Yes. and phones even how can people contact us um, okay. Yes. So you can call us. Uh, you can uh, call us. You can <laughs> call, us <laughs> call us now. Call us now. It's because you're talking about phones, right? So uh, yes, you can co- contact us in lots of ways. So via Facebook. Uh, on um, it's, it's it's just a very British horror. Yeah, we're easy to find on Facebook. Uh, or Twitter, where we're at very Brit horror. Uh, email. You can email us, and we will we will read it out. Unless it's very abusive. Oh, we'll read it out if it's very abusive as well. Um, uh, yeah, and that's a very British horror at gmail.com. Or we do now have a website, which is a very British horror.wordpress.com, I think. I'll just check that. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, not a lot, awful lot on there at the moment, but obviously if you want to uh, contact us uh, to, to put anything up there, if you've got anything interesting, articles or anything like that, then. Do email us and let us know if there's something you think would work going on the website. Um, and lastly, if it's if this podcast comes out before the 29th of May, which it sh- hopefully should do, you could vote for us on the New Media Europe Awards in uh, Best UK Podcast category. And uh, we're zooming up the table actually. We are, are we? I don't know. I haven't checked for a while. Uh, and and details of that uh, we'll put on the Facebook page and, and everywhere else because I can't remember what the link for that is now. But if you just type in New Media Europe Awards 2016. Yes, but don't it. do that unless you're going to vote for us. But yeah, vote for us, obviously. <laughs> right. But um, I think that's the end. So until until next time, I've been Chris Denton. And I'm still Paul Monk. Good night.